Uh, okay, we're in 1 Corinthians, finishing up chapter 14. At least that's the plan. Uh, we've we've been talking about the purpose of tongues and the reasons for it. There was a reason. There were reasons for it. Uh, which today, when people talk about speaking in tongue, the reasons are just non-existent uh, as far as biblical reasons. It's just uh, it's it's something people want, not necessarily what's true. Now we're going to switch over to the proper procedure of tongues. Uh, it was supposed to be systematic and it's supposed to be done in order. And this is something that uh, ought to be remembered uh, in every church assembly. Uh, the uh, outline, as Paul gives it to us here, is, uh, is very important. Our worship is supposed to be with respect uh, and dignified by the simple fact that we're in the presence of Almighty God and we've come together to worship Him. And that should never be forgotten. Uh, I'm not saying it's wrong, you know, to tell a joke or something funny because sometimes it just happens. But uh, as far as mostly the audience goes, uh, the way we present ourselves is very important. I know uh, one time, I'm not going to go into much detail, but I know one time a, a person was explaining to me uh, how uh, a somber funeral service was and how respectful people ought to be in the way they dressed and spoke and things of that nature. Uh, and this same person I knew very well uh, did not have that same reverence for worship services. Uh, I, I agree that we ought to be respectful at a funeral service, but I think when we come into the presence of Almighty God, uh, that should be uh, the climax of our uh, respect. Uh, I can't think of anything more important than, than that though there are important things, but worshiping God is most important. Anyway, this is what we're going to talk about. How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, a teaching, a tongue, a revelation, has an interpretation. How is it? Uh, uh, what is it we do when we come together, basically is what he means. Uh, what is uh, the format of what we do? Whenever you come together, this of course would be as a congregation, whenever you come together as the church, each of you, each one, that, what does he mean? Does he mean each person in the assembly or is he talking about a select group of people? Uh, I believe he's talking about a select group of people because he says each of you has a psalm, a teaching, a tongue, revelation, interpretation. He's talking about uh, gifts from the Holy Spirit. Uh, everybody in the congregation didn't possess these gifts, but some did. Uh, these were the ones who were selected by the Spirit of God to uh, uh, possess and project these particular gifts. Uh, and and how, how, how is it, what is it we're going to do whenever the church comes together as far as utilizing the gifts that have been given to you 
those who possess the gift. Keep them, you always want to remember who he's talking to. Just because something is written in the Bible, that doesn't mean he's talking to everybody. And that's what you want to keep in mind. Sometimes he's talking to specific people. When he wrote to the churches of Galatia, he wasn't writing to the church of Corinth or the church of Jerusalem. Now, there are things that can be learned. There are principles that can be applied to the church at Corinth or Jerusalem. But you want to keep in mind, he's speaking to the Galatian saints. And now, in this text, we want to keep in mind that he's speaking to those who possessed these gifts from the Holy Spirit. Because that's what the instruction is going to be for. <clears throat> he's talking to those who possess this spiritual gifts or special gifts how what is the format of our worship those of us who possess such gifts let all things be done for edification that's the key right there that's what everything's supposed to be done for to edify to build up the body of Christ uh, I want to look a little deeper into this before we proceed there were problems at Corinth. Uh, I think we're all, we all know this by now, surely. Uh, they all wanted to participate at the same time. Uh, everybody was wanting to talk at one time. There was no format to what they were doing. There was no procedure. It was basically uh, every man for himself. And it looked just absolutely foolish. People would think they were out of their minds, Paul would say. They weren't interested in serving. That wasn't what they were doing. They weren't interested in learning. That wasn't the point. And they weren't trying to edify, build up the church. The thing they were interested in was exalting their self so that other people would look at him and say, hmm, he's a somebody, okay? They wanted to be a somebody, and that's what it was all about. Sometimes uh, I, I well, it's possible anybody can fall into this trap, but I think sometimes uh, the most susceptible to it are preachers or teachers uh, because of the role they play. Sometimes preachers forget what their, what their job is, and that is to build up the Church of Christ. Uh, and they, they want to uh, present themselves as someone worthy of speaking at gospel meetings or at lectureships or things like that. Uh, they want to be uh, the kind of a person that can draw in crowds. Sometimes, I'm not all preachers, but there are some that way. Uh, and the same can be true about anyone in the church who is visible. By visible, I mean someone who is before the church uh, at different times. At Corinth, this was a big problem. Okay, and it's a problem that, that can exist and a person has to uh, remember uh, who they are and, and why they are. And it's, it's always sad when, when, when that's forgotten. Each participant was vying for attention and preeminence. Everybody wanted to be a somebody at Corinth. Well, Paul is saying that all things are supposed to be done for edification. You got the wrong purpose, the wrong motives. In verse 40, uh, 
He's going to say, let all things be done decently and in, in an order. So now in verse 26, Paul is speaking to those who possess spiritual gifts. And he's telling them that the purpose of their gifts is to edify the body of Christ. That's the goal or objective. And then in verse 40, he said, let everything you do be done decently and in order. So between verses 27 and 39, what he's going to do is tell them how to do all things decently and in order. It's as though he's saying, let me show you what decently and in order looks like. We've actually got an outline of how we're supposed to behave when we worship God. Verse 27, if anyone speaks in a tongue, a foreign language, let there be two or at the most three at any one time in a service. No more than two or three. There can be one or there can be two or, or there could be three. But that's all. Don't have a fourth speaker at the same service, okay? During a worship service. I'm not talking about lectureship or anything like that. At a worship service, you've got to be mindful of the time, how much information people can store, retain, hold on to. There comes a point in time when you, when you have exhausted your subject if you simply change subjects, you're going to load more into people's minds than they can hold or bear. Two or three, stop, cut it off right there. Each in turn, in rotation, one at a time, not three people speaking at the same time like they were doing, speaker one, speaker two, then speaker three, if you have three speakers. And let one person interpret. There must be an interpreter, and if there is no interpreter, this person who speaks in a foreign language is supposed to remain silent. The reason being, there's no value. They're supposed to be edifying the church, right? But if they can't understand what you say, you can't edify the church, so that defeats the purpose of you talking. So hush. Whenever we go to India and we preach, we have an interpreter. How foolish it would be for us to speak to those folks in English because they wouldn't understand a thing we said. Well, it's changing now because they're learning English uh, in their school systems. But uh, there was a time when no one would have understood what you were saying. But if there is no interpreter, if there's no one there to translate, let him keep silent in church. Okay, this person who speaks a foreign language. Let him, I want you to understand that the man is being told to be silent in the church. It's not fitting for a man to speak in the church, and there's a reason for it, because no one can understand what he's saying. Sometimes, and the reason I'm emphasizing is sometimes women are offended because women are told to be silent in the church. Well, a man is told to be silent. You can't talk when I'm talking unless I ask for questions or in an assembly like this where you anticipate questions. But generally in a worship service, people don't speak unless they're asked a question and then they may respond. Other than that, though, we're supposed to be silent one at a time. 
okay? So even men are told to be silent in the church under certain circumstances. And let him speak to himself and to God, worship alone. I've done that in India a lot of times where uh, somebody would be speaking and uh, I'm sitting there not understanding a word that's said. I just pull out my, my Bible and I start reading. I, I worship alone. And even though I'm in the midst of a lot of people, I worship alone uh, because uh, that's all you can do. And that's what's supposed to happen here. If you speak a foreign language, nobody can understand what you're saying, be silent. Now people get up there and they go all this stuff is very popular today on the TV. Well, according to Paul, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to be silent. Yeah, but the Holy Spirit is moving me. Paul's gonna get into that too. But for the present, let's say, they're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to gibber or jabber or whatever it is uh, if nobody can understand what you're saying. There's no value to it. You're not edifying the church, and that's the purpose of being together anyway. He changes now. Let two or three prophets. He's speaking about tongues in verse 27. He's speaking about two groups now. Keep that in mind. He's got two groups in mind. The first one, those who speak in a foreign language. The second one, those who prophesy. Now, he's given those who speak in a foreign language certain rules to follow. Now he's going to give the prophets, teachers, certain rules to follow, or preachers, whatever. Let two or three prophets speak. This, again, is at the most. You've got to be conscious of time. And let the others judge what's being said. Is it true or false? Is this a, a truthful prophet or is he a false prophet? Uh, if there are prophets in the assembly, surely they can tell if a man's teaching something that's not true. Why, in this congregation alone, I'd, I'd venture to say if somebody taught something wasn't true, everybody here would know it wasn't true. Because uh, you all are very knowledgeable, and that's obvious to everyone that ever meets you. But, he said, if anything is revealed to another who sits by, think about that. You got a guy up there teaching, okay, two or three at the most, and a, a prophet sitting right there. Jimmy's the prophet. And all of a sudden, something is revealed to Jimmy. I'm talking, but something is revealed to Jimmy, of course, by the Holy Spirit. Okay, what, 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 is that, what does that mean? This is, now this is a second prophet, a second teacher. I'm speaking, I'm the principal, I'm first. Jimmy's second, and while I'm talking, the Holy Spirit tells Jimmy something, and he wants it revealed. Well, what's, what's supposed to happen? Let the first one keep silent. I'm supposed to hush and move over so Jimmy can talk because I'm talking as a preacher or teacher, but Jimmy's got something from the Holy Spirit, and if the Holy Spirit wants him to get up and say it, then I'm supposed to be quiet and let Jimmy take over and do the talking. That's what Paul's saying here. We all in agreement? No, I know. No, I don't want no questions. Go ahead, I'm kidding.
Well, it's like I'm saying, the church is all messed up. They got all kinds of problems. Uh, whether or not they had elders, I'm not even certain. I don't. Well, the speaking in tongue is just like a just somebody came from Italy here, and uh, he's a preacher, uh, a very uh, let's say a very celebrated preacher, uh, and it seems like it might be fitting that such a a great preacher should be the one preaching. The problem is, you, nobody can understand what he's saying. I don't understand to tell you. So even though he may be a great great preacher, he could be up here talking, uh, and we're no we're no better off for whatever it is he has to say. Well, in other words, Paul says, "Hush, don't talk. Let somebody else speak." Uh, this happened. Now there were also those who pretended to speak in a, I guess they call it a Holy Spirit language or something. I'm not sure what they call it. But uh, they yibber-yabber a lot, and it all sounds like Hebrew or Greek, you know, mostly Hebrew. Uh, I've always noticed that about the preachers on TV whenever they get a revelation. Uh, whatever it is they're saying sounds like Hebrew, but it's not Hebrew. It's uh, jibber-jabber. And then when they get done, they'll tell you what the Holy Spirit told them to say. It's not supposed to be that way. If I speak, if I were inspired by the Holy Spirit, Jimmy's inspired by the Holy Spirit. If, if Jimmy gets up to speak under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the other prophets are supposed to judge what it is he says, whether it's true or false. Yes. Well, to to convey the message to the crowd. If somebody could speak Italian and the Italian speaker was going to speak, the person who can interpret, he would interpret it for us. You could do that. <clears throat> but uh, he's speaking in a case where there was no interpreter. And the second thing is you can't interpret for yourself. Jimmy says, John, you gotta, you got to step back from the microphone. I've had a message revealed to me, and he starts speaking in jibber-jabber. And when he gets done, he said, now let me explain to you what the Holy Spirit wants you to know. And he interprets his own tongue. You can't do that. Somebody else has to do the interpreting. That guards the church against those who are not being honest. Okay, and if there is no interpreter, he's supposed to be quiet. You can't interpret yourself, uh, which is what goes on on television. The guy will do his thing, and then he'll explain what it was, the message he got. How does anybody know if it's true or not? You got whenever, whenever something is said to be truth, for example. The burden is on the person who says that to prove it. If I say that baptism is essential for remission of sins, the burden is on me to prove it. Now, when a person says that you're saved by faith only, the burden is on that person to prove it, but they can't prove it. There's nothing in the scriptures to prove it by.
nevertheless, they, they treat it as though it is true. What do they do? They're, they're, uh, they're interpreting their own statement, and you can't do that. The Christian religion in, in our country uh, has become so degraded that even the most fundamental principles are not understood very well by religious people. What's right or wrong? It's, it's, a, it's more a matter of feeling. And that's very dangerous when you uh, judge truth according to what you feel. Because uh, all of us would have to admit that a lot of times we judge things according to our feelings only to find out we're wrong. I used to listen to Paul Harvey on the radio, and I thought he knew I knew what he looked like by listening to him talk. One day I seen him on television. Man, he was nothing like I thought he'd look. Your feelings uh, are not a very safe guide. So many times we're wrong. If it's based on evidence, that's another matter. That's another matter. But uh, when it comes to uh, speaking in tongues and interpreting yourself, that's not supposed to happen, though it supposedly does. And it's, it's uh, I, it breaks my heart that so many people don't understand that. Why don't they understand it? No one's ever taught them. Such things are never taught. And uh, the people, uh, the, let's say the, the mass of people, uh, they don't know. They, they just don't know. And that's terrible. But that's what happens. That's why we're supposed to learn and talk. It's, uh, it's just bad. Okay, if anything is revealed to another who sits by, the first keeps silent so the second can speak. For you can all prophesy one by one in rotation that to this end, that to this end, all may learn and all may be encouraged. You can all prophesy because there's a reason for it to edify the church. That's the purpose of um, uh, preaching, teaching, etc. Uh, I don't know why I did that. Oh, that all may learn and be encouraged and not showing how much you know, uh, showing off, personal exaltation. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Now here's where everything falls apart for denominationalism. Uh, people jump up and they'll shout, the spirit moved me. Or they'll jump up and they'll start running or rolling in a four or speaking, okay? The Holy Spirit moved me to do that. Here Paul says, no, that's not true. He said, the spirit, your spirit, Mike Martin, his spirit is subject to Mike Martin. In other words, if I were to receive a message from the Holy Spirit, 
it would be at my discretion when to reveal it. I don't have to reveal right now. I would reveal it maybe later at a different time when it's more appropriate. But the Holy Spirit's not going to make me speak and me not have control over my speaking. I'm always in control of myself. I always have a choice. I always decide, in this case, when to reveal the message that I received. Okay? You can't say the Spirit made me do it because he doesn't do stuff like that. And that, that's very popular in religion. The Spirit moved me to do that. and He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. We're always, uh, 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 we always have free will. God never takes away our free will. Never. That's always uh, something, a gift he's given us. Each person has self-control. That's, that's what he's saying. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. Universally, it's the same thing, okay? Paul was speaking to the church at Corinth, but it applies to us here at Center Grove just as well. In every church of Christ, these rules are applicable, and we're supposed to abide by them. Of course, we don't have the spirit gifts today, but we do have the procedure. We, can, we, we are to be doing things decently and in order, it's, a, it's just a universal rule, the Church of Christ. God doesn't want three people speaking. He doesn't want somebody speaking in a foreign language that nobody understands. He doesn't want people to act like a bunch of nuts. He wants us to act like his children, made in the image of God, uh, uprightly, just as God is upright. He wants us to behave in a similar manner. That's not hard to understand, I don't think. Let your women keep silent in churches. Now here you got to keep it in context. Context, context, context. You're going to hate me over that context before it's over. Because I always drag that in. Let your women keep silent in the churches. Who's he speaking to? First thing people say, everybody. All women. I disagree. I don't think he's speaking to all women. He's very specific here. I think if... Uh, if he had uh, been speaking to all women in general, he just said, let women keep silent. But here he points out your women. Whose women? Who's he been talking to? Be talking to those who had the gift of tongue speaking and those that had the gift of prophecy. And then he said, now let your women, he could have just easily said, let your wives be silent in the churches. I'll tell you what I think was going on, and this is my opinion. What I think was going on and what Paul is talking about. I think a prophet was up there speaking, and this woman, it's her husband, and you know the relationship between a husband and wife, it's very personal. Uh, we communicate back and forth on everything and uh, he says something that maybe she doesn't quite understand, and she might say, well, honey, honey, would you explain what you meant by that? Okay? I think there's a lot of that going on. The man is, uh, he's, he's 
teaching, preaching, or, or revealing something given by the Spirit of God. And the wife uh, interrupts him while he's speaking. You're not supposed to do that. Everybody's supposed to speak in turn, one at a time, not two at a time. And suddenly the wife breaks in. Because it's my husband. I talk to him if I want to. She breaks in and uh, interrupts the service. Let your women keep silent in the churches. Okay? Uh, tongues and the prophets, as I just said. 1 Corinthians 11 and 5, that's not supposed to be there. Every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, for that is one and the same as if her head were shaved. For they are not permitted to speak. Again, context, you got to go back to context. Women are not allowed to speak in the church. That has been stretched over all assemblies uh, except fellowship. Uh, a Bible class can't speak. Women aren't allowed to speak at all. In any kind of a gathering of the churches of Christ where fe female and male are together, no women speaking. We, we were wrote up in the Jackson County newspaper one time because uh, women speak at Center Grove. And Paul clearly pointed out they're not permitted to speak. And we were a bunch of uh, false teachers and stuff. It's been a long time, but it was wrote. Uh, it's, the error is obvious. Ephesians 5 and 19, Paul said, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart. When we worship God in song, we are speaking. Now, if we are to take not permitted to speak in the church, as some say we are, then women aren't allowed to sing. But those Baptists, they're all singing. The women, the whole bunch were singing. So they're contradicting themselves. They're being hypocritical in their behavior. What does he mean they are not permitted to speak? Well, obviously, he doesn't mean that they can't utter words in a worship service because they're commanded to sing. So that's not what he's talking about. They are to be submissive, as the law also says. Genesis 3.16, right from the get-go. Your desire, Eve, shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. We know why. Because uh, Adam was created first, number one, because Eve was deceived and Adam was not. So God put man as the head, uh, and the woman is to be some in submission to the husband. Uh, that's a rule throughout the ages, Paul basically is saying. But we've got our context. Let your women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive as the law said. Eve was to be in subjection to her husband. This is another thing that stirs me that uh, some people go on about. Uh, when the Bible, and I don't know, I've never examined what percentage it might be, but most all the time when it's talking about women speaking in assemblies, it's talking about the wife and the husband. Not necessarily all women in general, but the wife and the husband. When you look at the context, 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 
I'm going to drive you nuts with that. You've got to look at the context. And in this context, he's speaking to the wives of the prophets and those who speak in tongues. Let your women keep silent. I think it was uh, interrupting the service. Don't do that anymore because it's not appropriate. You're not supposed to do such a thing. That's my opinion now, okay? Remember, it's just my opinion. That and $3 and a half will get you half a cup of coffee. And if they want to learn something, that makes this part understandable. If your women want to learn something during the, about what was said in the assembly, let them ask their own husbands at home. What about the women that don't have a husband? Well, he wasn't talking to them in the first place. He was speaking to the wives of the tongue speakers and prophets. So, yes, they are married, and they can ask their husband when they get home. Instead of interrupting John while he's before the church preaching, B.R. is supposed to be quiet and wait till we get to the house, and then she could ask me, what in the world was you talking about? but not during the church service. I think that's what Paul's saying. You can think about it, and I don't know, maybe agree or disagree. Uh, as always, if you disagree, don't tell me. It just hurts my feelings. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't mind people disagreeing with me, really. Uh, especially if you can teach me something I haven't seen yet. Uh, but if they want to, that, that makes sense now. It, it doesn't make sense to people. Because the question I always get, well, what about the women that aren't married? They got nobody to ask. They got to go around in ignorance. No, that's not what Paul's saying. That's not what the context is teaching. Uh, a woman who's not married, uh, she may wait till the preacher gets done and catch him at the back door and say, I didn't understand. Could you explain that to me? There's, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. She can't wait till she gets home to ask her husband. Really shameful for a woman to speak in church in, in such a manner. And think about it. It would be shameful. It'd be shameful for a man to do that. If I'm up here speaking and you suddenly interrupt me and say, would you, would you go over that again and explain that to us? And now you got me so rattled, I can't remember what I'm talking about. Somebody have to remind me what to say. Usually when a person gets up to speak, they got a beginning and an end. Uh, and... If you get interrupted somewhere in between, you might lose your train of thought. Not in the Bible class, but in the worship service, which mostly is what they did. Women are not to assume the role of teacher where men are present. 1 Corinthians 11 and 3. I want you to know that the head of a man is Christ, the head of a woman is man, the head of Christ is God. I'm in submission to Christ, and the woman is in submission to man. Okay? Christ's mission to the divine will. 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 12, we know this one. Learn in silence with all submission, not to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. The scriptures are very clear. Some people say uh, Paul hated women. Uh, I had a, a brief debate about that about 20 years ago, I guess, uh, where a preacher, uh, he... Uh, he disagreed with what Paul was saying here. 
he couldn't he couldn't make his argument and his conclusion was, was Paul just hated women that's why he never got married uh, personally I think Paul got married that's my opinion okay that's just my opinion I think he got married later in life uh, I think he might have married uh, Lydia the uh, maker of purple uh, just my opinion don't that's not the truth that's just me rattling uh, I don't think he hated women he commends women in all of his writings uh, as great workers in the church. He goes on now back to verse 36. Did a word of God come originally from you, or was it you only that it reached? Remember now, italicized words are words that the uh, translator injected into Scripture. The word originally is not in the Greek text. And when you read it, you'll see it's just not there. How does the Greek text read? Did the word of God come from you? Okay. Originally is an accurate thought. But this way it's much more definitive as to what Paul is saying. Did, uh, did, did the word of God come out of Corinth? He's challenging their their uh, their right to do and teach the things they're doing and teaching. Did the word of God come from you? Is that where this revelation has come from? Or was it you only that it reached? Are you the only people in the whole world that got the word of God? When God spoke to people through uh, inspired men, are you the only people that received the revelation of divine will? Are you that much smarter than everybody else? He's getting he's getting on his hind legs right now. He's getting a little upset because of their uh, their arrogant attitude. And they had an arrogant attitude, which seems obvious. Uh, did it come from you? And the answer is no to both questions. They're rhetorical. He knew it was no. If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, you people think you're that smart. And mostly it's going to be the preachers and teachers. You guys think you, uh, you're equal uh, to me as far as uh, uh, authority goes? You think you can uh, uh, pervert what I say, distort it? You think you can just rub out what I say and inject your own feeling in my place? You think you're high, that high up the totem pole? Let you better acknowledge the fact that the things which I write to you, this letter, things that I write to you, these are the commandments of the Lord. When you disregard what is written, you're not disregarding Paul, you're disregarding Jesus Christ. And that was a dangerous territory they were treading on. But if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. Some people are just flat out ignorant. You can't do no good with them. You, it's, it's, it's like beating your head against a block wall. And why do you want to beat your head against a block wall? It makes no sense. In Matthew 10 and 14, our Lord said, Whoever will not receive you nor hear your words when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Don't keep beating your head against a wall trying to teach a knothead. If a person wants to be ignorant, let him be ignorant. That's his right. That's his choice. Leave him alone. Don't drive yourself crazy over it. 
Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. Do not forbid to speak with tongues. You can't do that. Yeah, some people are fake tongue speakers, but not all. Therefore, you can't forbid them, but make them follow the rules. Therefore, tongues are for a sign for the unbeliever. So you got to have that. And then he concludes by saying, let all things be done decently and in order, which we've already examined. Uh, we don't have to do the summary. We'll stop, God willing, we'll start with chapter 15 uh, next Sunday.